Turn with me, please, to the book of James, the second chapter. James chapter 2, in seeking the Lord, about tonight and about this season now, I believe I am impressed with this passage of Scripture and a specific direction. You going to believe with me about it? And uh, I'm confident there are answers here and help. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray and release faith. Father, we, we do agree together as touching this, asking you for the anointing, the anointing that teaches and reveals and quickens and heals and helps and delivers, asking you for utterance that we may speak as the oracles of God, asking you for revelation, light, truth that makes us free. Uh, That which we've not seen, show us. That which we've not understood, reveal it to us, please. And anything that you've shown us already, but we let it slip, we didn't do it, uh, have mercy on us and remind us again, show us again. And we purpose not to be forgetful hearers, hearers only, but by your grace to be doers of it. And we know when we do as we do, we will be blessed. We'll have miracles. We'll see amazing things because you are faithful to perform your word in the lives of those who believe it and do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So be it. James 2. James 2 and 14. He said, what does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and have not works? Can faith save him? He's going into some detail about faith and what is faith that produces results and what is faith that he calls dead. Let's read this from the CJB, the complete Jewish Bible. I like the way it says it on this CJB. Verse 14, he says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone claims to have faith, but has no actions to prove it? Is such faith able to save him? And the implied answer is no. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food, and someone says to him, shalom, keep warm and eat hearty without giving him what he needs what good does it do now this is what you and I in our group would call a good confession did I lose somebody (laughs) keep warm and eat well (laughs) good confession Or you could just intro it with, I'll believe with you. (laughs) That you will keep warm and eat well. Pretty much the same thing. I mean, the results are the same. You couldn't argue with that. 
without giving him what he needs, what good does it do? He's contrasting what some call faith versus what is real faith. Keep reading. Thus, faith by itself, unaccompanied by actions, is dead. There's something the scripture calls dead faith. Dead faith. Keep reading. But someone will say that you have faith and I have actions. You're into works, I'm into faith. He said, Well, show me this faith of yours without the actions. I'll show you my faith by my actions. Some have thought faith is not discernible. You don't know my heart. Don't judge me. My faith is between me and God. Well, according to what he's saying here, if it's really there and it's real, living faith, there will be other evidence of it than just you saying you believe. He said, show me this faith of yours without the actions. What's the implication? You can't. Show me your faith without any action. He said, I'll show you my faith by what I do. You know, I think in the King James, one reason I'm reading it out of this translation, it keeps saying works, works, works. And we have a connotation of that in our mind connected with works of the law. And so people tend to just, in their mind, push that away. No, if you look up the word, which I did for you, <laughs> it means... One Thayer's, or what's the word, lexicon says, action, deed, something done. Action is a good word. And deed, something done. Real faith has action. Real faith does something. Come on, say it out loud. Real faith faith. does something. If it's talk, 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 talk and never does anything, it's dead faith. It's not living faith. And dead faith doesn't get answers. Doesn't reach what you need. It means action. Deed, something done. Listen to this. This is Kittle's lexicon. Said the word denotes action or active zeal in contrast to idleness. It's the opposite of doing nothing. It's the opposite of being idle. Let's keep reading here in verse uh, 18. Show me this faith of yours without the actions, and I'll show you my faith by my actions. 19, you believe that God is one, or uh, 
King James says, there, there is one God. Good for you. The demons believe it too. They shudder. The thought makes them shudder with fear. There are no agnostic demons. There are no atheist demons. There's not a one. There's not one evil spirit that's just not sure whether God is real or not. They believe. But their belief in God is not going to save them because they refuse to do anything with that faith. They have chosen to rebel against him and not submit to him and apparently are not going to change. So there is saying you believe something, but if you don't act on it some way, it is useless Vain, dead faith. Do we need to differentiate between a dead faith and a living faith? Just saying you believe is not enough. I'm going to say that again real slow. Apparently, are you reading this with me? Just saying you believe is not enough, not enough to get results. Not enough to live and walk victoriously in life. Keep reading. He said, uh, verse 20, But foolish fella, do you want to be shown that such faith apart from actions is barren? And he goes into talking about Abraham. And he gives example. We're going to actually go to these in just a moment. But he talks about how Abraham and others demonstrated their faith with what they did. How do we know Abraham had faith? He offered Isaac. This is not just a, a matter of conjecture that he said he believed. He proved it with what he did. He wouldn't have done what he did if he hadn't a, not just thought about it but was fully persuaded. As the scripture said. If you skip down to verse 26, he said, Indeed, just as the body without a spirit is dead, so too faith without actions is dead. If my spirit left my body right now, which I'm not expecting to, (laughs) but one of these days it is. Right then my body would stop doing this. It would fall in a heap on the floor. It would have no action. It wouldn't do anything. You know what he's saying? So faith, that's real faith, expresses itself in this realm in what it does just like your spirit expresses itself in this realm through the Bible. We want miracles here in this realm in order to get a manifestation of the power of God here. What you believe in spirit 
must be expressed here. There must be an action. This is all through the Bible. And you see it. Uh, in everywhere that there's been mighty moves of God and everywhere there's been miracles without exception somebody did something because they believed somebody did something the man with the withered hand how'd that hand get healed the Lord told him stretch forth your hand and he did and it was made whole the woman with the issue of blood How'd she get healed? Not staying at home. Singing kumbaya. It took. I mean this woman. Has been through all these procedures. She's hemorrhaging. Every day. It's been like this for what 12 years. She's not in a good condition. She left the house. Somebody say she left the house. She got up. She pushed herself to get out of the house. She went to where Jesus was. And there was a massive crowd there. She didn't sit down and cry. And quit. And go home. Do you think she felt like being there in that big crowd? Do you think she felt like pushing her way through that crowd to get to Jesus? Why did she do it? Why did she do it? Why did she go through all that? She believed something would happen. You don't do that when you believe nothing. She believed that there was healing there. And she believed if she could touch the hem of his garment, she'd be made whole. And so she did whatever it took. And she stayed with it as long as it took. Till she did it. And it happened. The moment she touched the hem of his garment, power flowed into her, healed that problem, stopped that hemorrhage. That no doctor, no procedure had been able to stop for a dozen years. She felt in her body. She's healed. Woo! Glory to God. And so she slipped back in the crowd like the cat that got the canary. Everything's wonderful. And then she noticed Jesus stopped. He did not keep going. And he's saying, who touched me? And he's looking her way. (laughs) But when she finally did come and acknowledge and told him the truth and what she did, what did he say? What did he say? Daughter, God decided to heal you just then. God and his sovereignty. Decided to heal you right now. He could have said. The anointing on me has made you whole. He didn't say that either. He didn't say happy day. You're one of the lucky ones. (laughs) Because you know sometimes it's God's will. And sometimes it's not. And we just don't know. 
but you hit the jackpot. (laughs) Now why am I saying all this? Because people have varied pieces of this as theology. What did he tell her? Come on, what did he tell her? What did he tell her? Your, he didn't even say his faith. He's not having a healing meeting. He's not praying for the sick. He's not laying hands on the sick. He's not having a service. He's walking down the road. And she didn't even ask him if she could have a healing. She didn't ask for permission. She didn't ask if it was God's will. She didn't ask, is this a good time? She just came and took a healing. Just just believe she just took it. When she touched, because she was saying, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I can just touch, I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. And she pushed, and she shoved, and she pushed, and she probably stumbled, and she got back up, and she was so weak, she didn't think she could make it, but she found the strength. And she pushed on, and she soldiered on. Why? Because she had faith. How do we know she had faith? Because of what she did. Because of what she did. Now something the Lord quickened to me. And I want to share it the best I know how. He's not pleased with. Is that people are waiting. Many are waiting. They're waiting. 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 They've been waiting. For months. They've been waiting for years, waiting for God to do it, waiting for God to move, waiting for God to change it. And the Lord would say, you're not waiting on me. You're not waiting on me. Saying you believe and indefinitely waiting, does that sound like living faith to you? Do you think a lot of folks are doing this? Waiting. Wait, God's going to do it. So what are you doing? Well, I'm just... (laughs) Till, Till what? Till he decides it's the right time? Till what? Who initiated the healing of the woman with the issue of blood? This is what religious folks won't acknowledge. They won't acknowledge it. But what did Jesus tell her? Oh, somebody needs to see it. Turn there. Mark 5. Somebody needs to see it. You got theories. You got ideas, you got opinions, and then you got this. (laughs) You got this. This is right. This is how it really is. This is how it really works. Mark 5. When she pressed through and touched, and he said, who touched me? And she did. Verse 33, she came and fell down before him, told him all the truth. Mark 5, 34 now. And he said to her, what did he say? Daughter, thy, we'd say your faith has made you whole. 
He didn't say God made her whole. He didn't say he made her whole. He didn't say the power made her whole. Come on, are you listening? Certainly all this is involved, but if he'd have wanted to put the emphasis on that, he would have. If that was the determining factor, that's what he would have said. He would have said, well, praise God, it was the will of God for you. He didn't say that. Praise God, you were able to touch me, and because I'm so special and anointed, my anointing healed you. It was the anointing on him, but that's not what he emphasized. And that's what the others were saying. Master, the multitude thronged thee. If it was just contact with him, there would have been all kind of healings all around him. It took more than the will of God. That's what a lot of people don't like that statement. It took more than the anointing on him. Did it or not? This is not something he just decided to do to prove he was the son of God. No. If so, he'd have said that. Girl, you're in the right place today. (laughs) I need to show these Pharisees something. So just stand right there. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh. 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 Who initiated the healing? Daughter, your faith has made you whole. You know some of the best news you ever heard in your life? If her faith would make her whole. I said if her faith would make her whole. And God's the same as he was then. And faith is the same as it was then. Then your faith can make you whole. But you got to quit waiting. You got to quit waiting for God to notice you. You've got to quit waiting for God to decide to do something for you. Because that's not reality. Phyllis and I have been, you know, pastoring for a few years now and in ministry longer than that. And, and we keep seeing this. And, and I'm, I'm not pointing any fingers. We've made mistakes in this area too. But you keep seeing people waiting, waiting while things get worse. And just worse and worse and waiting and waiting and waiting. And saying some good things. But years pass by. If there's no action. It's a dead faith. Which answers a lot of questions. Doesn't it? How many believe the book of James? Do you believe the New Testament? Do you believe the Bible? And you know. If something corrects us. That's good news. Because now we know what to do to get some results. That's some of the best news we've heard. Right? We don't need to be haughty and arrogant in our thinking and blame God. Did it never occur to maybe we're missing it somewhere? No. God is good. His will is freedom. And soundness. Is that right? Liberty. Victory. Plenty. That's his will. For everybody. And faith in God is powerful. It works. I said it works. No such thing as a faith failure. 
It was something somebody called faith that wasn't living faith. Because real faith, living faith, faith that acts on what it believes, always gets results. Always. Hmm. Let's don't feel bad because of our mistakes and shortcomings. I got them just like you. Let's be inspired. Let's forget the things that are behind and press toward the mark. What do you say? Let's rise up. Don't get offended. Don't get your feelings hurt. What are you trying to say, preacher? I'm reading scripture. Don't get huffy with me. You're trying to say I don't have faith. I'm going to tell you boldly. You nor I are anywhere near where we could be in faith. No. The problem has not been that we got all this faith, but there's some other reason why things are not happening. Oh, no, no, no. No. It's pure and simple lack of faith. Weak faith. No faith. Dead faith. (laughs) Equals little results. No results. Nothing happening. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyhow, (laughs) I know not everybody likes this kind of preaching, but you do. You do, and I do. Right? Go with me to Isaiah 40. There's a lot more to see about this. Isaiah 40. Faith without doing anything is dead and gets no results. So what about this waiting? And I, I believe the Lord said that to me. Yes. People are waiting. Mm-hmm. Waiting. Waiting. He's not pleased with it. Because they think they're waiting on him. And they're not. And it can be tragic. You can just wait, 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 wait. while it gets worse, 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 worse. And nothing happens. I believe, I believe. Well, the demons believe too. I believe. If you believe, there will be action. There will be things you do because you believe. And it is that action that meets the power of God. Gives him a right. They're actually laws. It's like the law of gravity. It's like the law of electricity. Laws that govern electricity. You step off the roof. You go down. Is that right? It's something that's in effect all the time, 24-7. And it is no respect to a person's. If you're white and you step off a three-story building, you go down. If you're black, you go down. If you're a man, you go down. If you're a woman, you go down. If you're rich, you go down. If you're poor, you go down. If you got a degree, you go down. If you never finished high school, you go down. Is that right? <laughs> Why? Because it's a law. You know the Bible talks about the law of faith? Faith is a law. You act on what he told you. you. You act because of what you believe from what he told you. It is not going to be 
a nothing action. At the end of your action, you're going to meet somebody. You're going to meet the Spirit of God. You're going to meet the power of God. When he told that man, well, the woman with the issue of blood, she acted on her faith, leaving the house. She acted pressing through the crowd. And when she reached the end of what she could do, everybody say do, do, do. When she reached the end of what she could do in faith, the power of God manifested and did what she couldn't do. But this would not have happened laying at the house, praying. Laying at the house, making confessions. It wouldn't have happened. She wouldn't be in the book. Waiting on Jesus to notice her. Waiting on God to take notice of her. Waiting on him to initiate something. She initiated it. And he was happy about it. Is that right? And she was healed. Glory to God. We got to get a revelation about this waiting, waiting, waiting on God. It's a mistake. It's wrong thinking again and again. Isaiah 40, are you there? Isaiah 40 and 28. Have you not known, have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. God doesn't get tired. That's a new concept for us. We've never experienced life like that. He does not get weary. He doesn't faint. He never leans over on the throne and goes, whew, man, it's a job keeping all these stars burning and keeping gravity the way it, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. there's no searching of his understanding. And he gives of that inexhaustible power to those who are faint. There is a source of inexhaustible power available to those who get weak and those who feel faint. He gives it the power to the faint and he gives to them that have no might. He increases strength. But I want you to notice how it works though. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. What does that mean? The youngest of the young, the strongest of the strong, is so quick, they are out of gas. I don't care how, what kind of shape you think you're in, physically, mentally, every other way, you do not have unlimited strength. How quick you can be sapped, tired, done. But keep reading. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, see there, Brother Keith, that's waiting. Yeah, I thought about that. That's why I'm, I'm talking to you about it. Because <laughs> we need to look at the whole verse. 
they that wait upon the Lord shall wait and wait. They that wait upon the Lord shall wait. What will they do? Mount up. Mount up. Does that sound like staying at the house? (laughs) They shall run. Does that sound like doing nothing? They shall walk. Listen to the Young's literal translation. Young's literal. And, And Dr. Young's obviously knew a lot about the language. Author of Young's Concordance. He says it like this. Those expecting Jehovah. This is very literal meaning of the words. Those expecting Jehovah pass to power. He didn't try to make this read easy for Westerners. His objective is to be accurate. They raise up. The pinion as eagles, they run and are not fatigued. They go on and do not faint. The implication is they rise up, they run, and they keep going. They keep on going and don't quit and don't faint. What we're to do is to seek the Lord. And seek him until we find what we need to do. And then we do it. Come on, are you listening? And we keep on doing it. And we keep on doing it. That's how you get your miracle. But to sit back and say, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. And next month you're still waiting. And next year you're still waiting. I'm just waiting on the Lord. You know when the Lord gets ready. (laughs) Well some things that have to do. With the plan of God. Unfold at different seasons in your life. But we're we're talking about your healing. We're talking about money to pay your bills. Come on are you listening. We're talking about being free from things that have you in bondage. You and I are not waiting on God. For these things. I know most of the church world believes some form of that, but it's just simply not right. It would be just as accurate for a lost person to say, I'm waiting on God to save me. As soon as God gets ready to save me, what would you tell them? No, you're not waiting on God. The price has already been paid. Is that right? The price has already been paid. You're not waiting on God to decide to save you. Can they initiate the new birth in their life? They can tonight, tomorrow morning. They can come and receive. And if they really believe it, there'll be some action. Is that right? There'll be action in what they say. There'll be action in what they do. We're going to have baptisms. Is it this weekend? This weekend. Both places this time. Sarasota and here. Got a new baptismal down there now. What's, and we were talking about it uh, earlier this week. What is water baptism? Why do we do it? 
It is an action. Come on, can you see this? It is identification with Christ. And it is public confession. You do it in front of everybody. Back then, and it's that way in many places in the world today, you get water baptized in Jesus' name, you will be ostracized by the community and a lot of people, their own families in certain parts of the world. It's a very, very big deal. You'd be, it could be where people won't do business with you. It, it's, it could cost you. That's not the case so much in the U.S., thank the Lord. But it's the, the same principle applies. If you say, well, no, I don't, I don't like being around crowds and I don't like being around people and, and my, my faith is just between me and the Lord and, and I don't want anybody, uh-uh, that's not okay. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me and my words in front of men, I'll be ashamed of you before the Father. But if you'll confess me before men, I will confess you before the Father. You've got to be willing. If the faith is really there, There will be some action. There will be something you do that can be seen, heard, known. So yes, waiting on the Lord is something the Bible talks about, but not the way some folks have turned it into. They've turned it into a passive, faithless thing. Of just biding time, thinking it's all up to the Lord. And this runs through much of the theology of the church. God is in control. And when people say it the way they say it, and emphasize it the way they do, it's out of line with scriptures. Everything is not up to him. He's left some things up to us. And you can't leave up to him what he left up to you. Go with me to the book of Matthew, please. Matthew, the sixth chapter. And verse 32 or so, Matthew 6, 32, talking about food, clothing, housing, what we call the necessities and desires of life. After all these things, the Gentiles are, they seek. Everybody say seek. Seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things, verse 33, but seek ye, in other words, but you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. This is a manifestation of faith. Seeking or searching. Somebody say searching. Same word is translated search. Looking for it. You don't look for it if you don't believe it's there. You don't continue to look for it unless you believe you can find it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Look in the uh, seventh verse of chapter seven. Seven, seven. He said, ask, it'll be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. Every one of these is doing something. Doing something. 
For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeks finds. And to him that knocks, it shall be opened. Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Does anybody remember Hebrews eleven six, the great faith chapter? Just turn over there to the 10th chapter. Well, I guess you'll be there at 11 too, so. Without faith, it is what? Didn't say it was hard. Said it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must, it's not optional, must believe that he is. And what else? Must you believe? You must believe he, God, is a rewarder of who? Who? Those that diligently seek him. Those that diligently seek him. Why would you put this next to faith? Would you put it in the same sentence with believing that God exists? Because you're going beyond demon faith. (laughs) What's demon faith? Demon faith is dead faith. That acknowledges and believes that God exists and he is the one true living God. But they are not going to act on that towards him in any positive, submissive way. They are his enemy. But you and I go beyond demon faith. Wow. (laughs) If all you believe is that God is real and that he exists, that's what they believe. But you also believe he is a rewarder. Of them that what? Diligently, earnestly search for him. Why would you earnestly search for him? Because you believe he's real. And you believe he's a rewarder. A responder, a blesser of those that genuinely seek him. And you believe you can find him. You can get it. So you don't quit till you do. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. 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 You can't just wait and wait and do nothing. You know, uh, my father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin, said this many times throughout the years that I was around him. He said, it's not just going to fall on you like ripe cherries off a tree. Anybody ever heard him say, the blessings of God are not just going to fall on you like ripe cherries off a tree. What what does he mean by that? You got to believe God. You got to do what he told you to do. You can't just wait on it to just happen. If and when God gets ready. We're poking some holy cows here tonight, aren't we? Do you hear them? Yeah. 
I hadn't called any names, have I? <laughs> have I called any names? Am I? I'm not attacking anybody personally or any specific anything. I'm, I have read some scriptures. You think they're right? And we're not we're not judging anybody else. We're looking at ourselves right right here, right now. We're saying we need some changes. Back up to the uh, the tenth chapter and the thirty fifth verse. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Confidence is a word for faith. It's your persuasion. It's your expectation. He's talking about faith. Which has what? Great recompense of reward. That sounds like 11.6. Well see this is just a few verses before it. He's talking about that. It flows. For you have need of patience. Now some people have heard that. And to them that means just waiting. And doing nothing. But that's not what that means. It means perseverance. It means endurance. That after you have what? Waited. Waited. After you've waited. After you've done. The will of God. You might receive the promise. For yet a little while and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. This is true concerning the second coming. All of this. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. What do you mean draw back? Pull back. Quit. Cast your confidence away. Stop. Lay down. Give up. My soul will have no pleasure in him. Why? Because what pleases him? Faith. So if you draw back, that means you've quit your faith. So you're not pleasing him anymore. We've talked about this recently, but so many times being natural, people can be too result-oriented. Well, God will be pleased when I get the money. Didn't say without money it's impossible to please God. God will be pleased when my symptoms change. Didn't say without symptom free God can't be pleased. No. What pleases him? The faith. You can have that right now before anything changes and God is pleased with you right now. Got to watch about waiting. Waiting till this. Waiting on that. My soul shall have no pleasure in him. Keep reading. But we are not. Of them that draw back. Unto perdition or destruction. But of them that believe. And what is real living faith? A faith that does. And doesn't quit. And doesn't give up. And keeps on doing. To the saving of the soul. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What is real faith? 
And he gives example after example in chapter 11 of living faith. And which verse did it say, and they waited? And they waited. And they waited. By faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice. That's doing something. By faith, Enoch walked with God. That's doing something. By faith, Noah prepared an ark. That's a ton of work. Is that right? And you don't do that unless you believe that the flood's coming and what God said is true. You're not going to do that for year after year after year. But he did. Proved he believed. Him and his whole house were saved. And the Bible said, by faith, Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. But he did what? He left. He left. He left. I can't leave if I don't know where I'm going. Yeah, you can. He did. I can't move if I don't know how I'm going to make a living and where I'm going to live and all that. You've got to be willing to take a step and then take another. But if you just sit and wait, months are going to pass. Years are going to pass. And you'll be frustrated and annoyed and aggravated. And you can think you're waiting on God. And it's just not true at all. Look with me in Romans. Romans chapter 4 and 12. Or or they'll put it up on the screen for us. Abraham, who is one of the greatest examples of faith in the Bible. He's the father of faith. He's heralded as the premier example of the one, you know, fully persuaded. And it says... He's not just the father of circumcision, but also those that walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. We saw he went out not knowing where he was going. How did he do that? Practically, he took a step. And then he took another. And then he took another. Is that right? Everybody say steps. Of faith. faith. Say it again. Steps Steps of faith. faith. Phyllis and I have now been in the ministry for a few decades. And things in ministry before this church here and now the church in Sarasota. And the projects that are ongoing and the things that are coming up. Those of you have been with us. How did they happen? How did they happen? You seek the Lord. You start with that. You seek the Lord. What are we supposed to do? And how is it supposed to happen? What do we do? He's not going to tell you the whole thing. Why would we seek Him? Why would we pray and seek Him? Because we're fully persuaded. He hears us. He knows our name. He's got a good plan. Is that right? He loves us. He's got it all covered. 
We don't have to come up with a plan. He's got a plan. We don't have to figure it out. He already knows. But we do have to seek him. And that part's not up to him. We have to seek him. And you have to overcome the laziness of your flesh to do that. I do. You do. You can say, well, we're doing okay. Not bad. Let's just be happy. But if you know in your heart, God's got more. Hmm? He's got more. What do you got to do? Well, just wait. Just wait. And if he wants to do something, I reckon he will. And talk about one of these days. God's going to do something. Don't you believe it? Oh, I believe it. You believe it? We believe it. (laughs) If that's all we do, is talk about how much we believe it. That's demon faith. That's dead faith. Until it gets us out of our chair. Come on, are you listening? Until it gets us seeking God earnestly. Lord, what are we supposed to, how's it supposed to work here? What are we supposed to do? What's the next step? I don't have to know the whole thing. But I got to know a step. And I don't just need to make stuff up. No. That's where some people have gotten. They got. They heard the part about faith without works is dead. Got to, so you got to act. You got to act. You got to act. So they ran out and threw their medicine away, and, and they ran out and did this, and ran out and did that. Gave away everything they had. But the thing is, they didn't seek the Lord. They didn't hear from Him. He didn't tell them to do that. That's right. it. So it didn't work. It's not just doing. Anything. (laughs) It's not just doing something. It's doing what he said. Faith in what? Faith in what he said. What he said in his word. And what he said by his spirit. To you. When we first came up to Branson. And it's very similar in Sarasota. I mean, the story unfolded just about the same way. Because the principle's the same. All we had was that we're supposed to come up here and look around. Didn't know why. Didn't have an idea that there would be a church involved at that point. We're traveling ministry. So, we got a step. We took a step. We came. We drove around. We looked. We talked. We prayed. Well, we had things to do, so we went back out on the road and traveled and had meetings. All the while we're out on the road, Branson keeps coming up to us. Branson. And it's a beautiful place, but it wasn't just that we were overwhelmed with the geography or, or it was something else. Something we need to find out. So what what do we need to do? We don't just need to wait on him. 
We need to seek Him. Why? In faith. To find out. The Bible said, don't be unwise, Ephesians says, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Does he expect us to seek him and find out what his will is? He does. Many people don't accept that, but he does. It's not his responsibility for us to find out. It's our responsibility to seek him. Why wouldn't you seek him? You either don't believe it or you don't care. Either one, you don't qualify. And he's not going to grab you up by the nap of the neck and force it on you. Some people will try to tell you that he will, but he won't. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's on the outside. And if you don't hurry up and let me in, I'm coming in. (laughs) Because I'm God. And you're going to do what? No, no, no. If you don't invite him in, if you don't want to hear from him, if you don't want to know, you're not going to hear it. You're not going to find out. And that's just because if you and I don't care enough to want to know, we're not worthy of it. We don't qualify. And it's not like we can't search for something. Because if you spend six hours trying to find the right shoes, if you spend 183 hours online searching for the right car, but you can't search for the will of God or the plan of God, you don't have time, it's a lie. It's just, it's not important enough to you. You either don't believe it's real. Or you don't care enough. It's just not important enough to you. And, and all of us, you and me, all of us have made mistakes in this area. And our priorities hadn't been what they could have been. But if you want to see some miracles, if you want to have some things happen, then you become fully persuaded that God's a good God. He's got an amazing plan for us. And I'm not waiting on him. I need to seek him and find out what I need to do to take the first steps. Because it's hard to steer a parked car. <laughs> oh, God, lead me, guide me, lead me, guide me. You got it in park with the emergency brake on. How's he going to guide you? <laughs> oh, we're just waiting in the garage. No, no, no. And a lot of times, folks, he he said, okay, put it in reverse. Back out of the driveway. And so people just sit still. Why? Well, I got to know where I'm going. They don't even put it in reverse until I know where I'm going. You don't understand him then. Because that's how he operates. He gives you word of knowledge. Not even a sentence. Not, not a paragraph, a word. Back up. And you think, well, God, why? You know enough if you're going to walk by faith. If you really want to know why, back up. <laughs> Is that right? Because when you get to the end of backing up, there's going to be something else. He'll say, okay, put it in drive now and take a right turn right here. Why? Do it and find out why. 
That's exactly how it's worked with Phyllis and I and the ministry and the churches every time. So while we're out on the road, we keep thinking about Branson. But what is it about Branson? So this is not God's responsibility. He's let us know something. Now we need to pursue. Somebody say pursue. pursue. We need to pursue. So soon as we could, we come back. Well, this is your rest time. We're spending money. Come on, are you with me? But what does that matter? We want to please God. We want to find out. So we begin to begin to think, well, maybe we sh- we're supposed to relocate to here. Didn't make sense. Not the way we, we travel, we operate. We had a little plane. And uh, the airport wasn't very good for that. This is before we got our new airport. And, you know, it just wasn't convenient in some ways. And, but that's reasoning. That's, so we kept seeking. And as the days and weeks went by, we began to earnestly. Because we know that there's something here. And the more we prayed about it, the stronger it was. What is it? We didn't know. Nothing had been said about a church. Nothing. Wasn't in our minds. Because we never thought about pastoring. We're busy doing what we do. One time driving up on 44. We're talking about it, you know. Wondering kind of out loud. What's going on with us? Phyllis began to shout. She said, I don't know why I'm so happy. Something is going on. Wow. Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> what are we doing? We're seeking him and we're getting another peace. And we're getting another peace. Yes. We're getting another peace. Yes. So we said, okay, we're going to stay up here for a week or so now because we worked it in and we're going to look for a place. That's not always fun. And to make matters less enjoyable, no money to do it. I mean, we had operating expenses for the ministry and everything was covered, but not to just waltz in and and, and buy a place and we didn't have that. So we looked around a little bit and I told Phyllis one day, I said, well, I'm I'm just going to stay here and pray. She said, well, I'm going to drive around and look. I said, okay. I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. And uh, I won't go through all of it, but she was looking at the Yellow Ribbon Theater over there through a series of events. And she calls and says, you got to come see this. Because I had said, well, maybe we could get a place where if we, if we needed to, we could put 100 people or something and shoot some TV. Well, it's got 2,000 seats. <laughs> what do you need that for? But she said, I don't know, I don't know why, but you need to see this. And when she said it, I knew it was right. I just knew it in here. I thought, well, okay, I'm coming. We stood there looking around thinking, what are we doing looking at this? (laughs) Abraham went out. Come on, he didn't stay at the house. He went out. Not knowing where he was going. I'm not claiming that we've always done everything perfectly. I'm not, I'm not saying we're the perfect example. We've made mistakes too. 
But there are many people in, in our so-called faith circles. The Lord dealt with them about something. And they've been waiting now for years for something to happen. And nothing's happening. And it's because they're not waiting on him. He dealt with them to do something. But it didn't make sense. And they didn't see how. It was going to require faith. And if the Lord deals with you to do something, he's always going to deal with you to do things that you can't do. And you don't see how. And you don't see the way. But you don't have to. You don't have to make it happen. You don't have to produce it. You don't have to produce the money. You don't have to heal yourself. What you do have to do is believe it enough. Believe it enough that when he says, go look at Branson, you go look at Branson. Take a step. Do this. Look at this. And both of us knew we're supposed to endeavor to get this property. I don't know if I can fully express to you how impossible it seemed. So we talked to the, we set up an appointment with, to talk to the owners. And I had tried to think creatively. <laughs> lease purchase. Lease, lease purchase. <laughs> some, you know, some way to get in and, and get started and get going. We didn't know anybody here. Hadn't talked to anybody. Hadn't done any demographic studies. <laughs> Nothing. And uh, we talked to them and, and they said, well, no, no, just want to sell it. So I offered another scenario. Maybe more interesting. No, no, just want to sell it. Uh, okay, offered another scenario. No, no, just want to sell it outright. Okay. Thank you for your time. Good to meet you guys. Went back to the condo. Phyllis and I looked at each other. That's all I know to do. I don't know what else to do. So we cast the care of it over on the Lord and went to sleep. But are you listening? We weren't just waiting at the house. We went as far as we could. We kept taking steps. We're endeavoring to do this. Well, the phone rang. I think it was 7 o'clock the next morning. The Lord had dealt with one of those gentlemen that we should meet again. And they offered us a scenario that was just great. And we thought, yeah. So we agreed. We got the initial paperwork. Phyllis and I came back over and looked at the building. It's just us two. (laughs) This thing's going to be some big bills too, right? I mean, you know, to operate this thing we don't, we never had a service. Don't know if anybody would come. Got no proof of it, you know. Never pastored before. And uh, so we, uh, the bathrooms, and uh, there were, were dirty bus driver lounges. 
It didn't look like a church. It wasn't a church. It needed everything. And it needed a, a bunch of work and money just to make it ready for a service. And then that was just getting started. And so we went back out the door and went back to the condo. Our staff's in Oklahoma. They don't know what we're doing. <laughs> so uh, that night, the Lord dealt with us to go to church in St. Louis with some friends of ours. We were a little tired. The plane was down for some maintenance, our little plane. And so it's going to be a drive. And, you know, your flesh would say, why? I mean, but whatever he says to you, it's the key to miracles. So Phyllis and I talked about it. I said, I feel like we need to go. She said, okay, I'll be ready. She's a good one. We load up. We get up early. Got to get up early. We drive up to St. Louis. It's our friends, Jeff and Patsy Perry. And uh, they saw us and, and we enjoyed the service with them. And they said, stay and eat with us. And we said, sure, sure. So uh, we tell them at lunch, looks like we're moving to Missouri with you. <laughs> oh, they were happy. They shouted and uh, told them about how, what the Lord had done. And we got the property. And uh, uh, Brother Jeff looked at me. He said, you got to start on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Well, it was what? Three weeks away. <laughs> three weeks away. Wow. I mean, when he said it, it's just like, that's ridiculous. And the Spirit of God said, listen. Listen. Pay attention. Everybody say steps. 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 Listen. So I sat there and I buttoned my lip and let him tell me how that he's pastored for years. He said, he said, you need to start on Resurrection Sunday. It's the perfect time. You need to start on Resurrection Sunday. And I just nodded my head and, and, and uh, I'm thinking, how in the world could this ever happen? And he brightened up. He said, let us help you. I said, How? They have a a disaster relief organization. (laughs) And at that point, I felt like we qualified. (laughs) Called Service International. I said, really? He said, yeah, yeah, it's the Lord. Yes, yes, yes. He said, I'll talk to them. They'll come down. We will help you get up and get ready to start service on Resurrection Sunday. I was just overwhelmed. I thought, God. Let's just stop right here. What if we had slept in? Because we had no idea that would happen. We had no idea God would move on those folks to help us get in that building either. Before we came to... We're not going to find out these things waiting until we get the whole picture. Thank God. He helped us to, to follow him that time. And uh, he talked to his guys. I mean just what 
day or two later, 130 of them showed up down here, including carpenters, electricians, plumbers, housewives, teenagers, and they descended on that place, and they cleaned it, and they stripped it, and they painted it, and they built a platform and steps and took up old stuff that was bad and tile and bad carpet. And then they were there for the whole week. Just hung out there. Slept there. Cooked on grills. And slept in a bag. Sleeping bags. And just like that. And the next week another hundred came in. And in three weeks. With a half a page advertisement in the local paper. That somebody else paid for. And that was all we did. And some 500 people showed up. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. That's a miracle. And as it progressed, I mean, we were able to fulfill our lease and then buy it and pay for it. Oh, somebody say glory to God. I mean, just, just, just like that. That's a miracle. That's a, getting it. The people coming, the money is, is just as much a miracle as somebody getting healed. It's a financial miracle. It's a miracle in the kingdom. How do we get miracles? But Phyllis and I couldn't just wait for something big to happen for us. We believe in big things. <laughs> so what are you doing? We're just believing God. Waiting for God to, when He gets ready, in His own good time, in His own good way, something great's going to happen. Not in response to dead faith. That's not how it works. When the Lord deals with you about something, you've got to take some initiative. Like the woman with the issue of blood. You can't lay at the house. Let me go over on this side a little bit too. I said you can't lay at the house. We've had a number of folks in this church. They make a lot of confessions, but they won't do anything. They won't do anything. Year after year after year. Great things are going to happen. Great things are going to happen. They haven't happened. And they're not happening. Are we sure we're waiting on God? And a number of people, the Lord told them what to do. Some of it was through people that was over them. And they absolutely rejected it. And still waiting on God to do something. That's not how it works. You got to take that step. You got to put your flesh under. You got to seek. This property here. We knew we needed to expand. The land around the one over there was very expensive. We looked at it. We talked about it. But we couldn't get a witness that it was right to pursue it. See, you could have just said, here's land. We need it. Let's start a project. And that's when you get something that just drags on and on and on. And there's no oomph to it. There's no quickening to it. And it's not working. Because it was just your idea. But 
month after month, the classes are crowded. You feel the pressure to do something. But what do you do? You seek God. You keep seeking Him. And you look. You keep looking. We looked at this. We looked at that. Uh, you, you don't just look at everything you can look at. I'm not talking about that. But you keep seeking until you find. Yes. You do it because you believe it's there. God has it for us. Is that right? And you keep doing it because you believe you can find it. You don't just sit passively and wait and do nothing. You go after it. You look. Is it always convenient? No. It's rough on your flesh. And you get tired of looking because you say, I want to be done with it. Yeah, but you're not done with it. I'm tired of looking. I'm tired of seeking. That don't mean a thing. You either have it or you don't. And you keep on. Do you know what to do? And when I found out what to do about projects, that's when I let you know. When I found out what to do. This is not Keith and Phyllis's churches. This is your church. It's our church. That's why all of us need to know the vision. All of us need to know what we're believing for. This is not our personal stuff we're talking about on these projects. And once you find it, you pursue it. And we've gained momentum. The Lord helped us get this place. We got that 50 acres. Boom, it was paid for just a few months. Remember all that? And thing after thing gave us that sign out there. And thing after thing after thing gave us the aircraft. We sowed it. Got the one we got now. So we got seed in the ground. Right? And then as things progress, like recently with the TV, we released faith for it. It's there in what? Three or four days. One night. A million dollars. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. How many believe it's a miracle? It's a miracle. How did it happen? Well, it was God's plan. But we had to find out about it. We had to seek Him. Right? And then be willing to take a step. Thing after thing that we've released our faith for. It seemed. How are you ever going to do that? How are you ever going to get that? Unbelief would just say. Don't bring it up. You don't want to be embarrassed. But if you have heard from him. You step out. Not knowing where you're going. Not knowing how you're going to get there. Not knowing what comes next. But being absolutely persuaded that he is the almighty God. He's real. He's powerful. He's more than enough. And when you diligently seek him, he is good and faithful to show you and to help you and to take you by the hand and get you all away from here to there. And your pictures become fixtures. And your vision becomes sight. Hallelujah. It's the same way with the healing. It's the same way with personal finances. We hear st- you hear stories about the great uh, healing meetings and the tent revival. And the great miracles that happened. People that hadn't walked in months or years came to the meeting with new shoes. Why? Why buy new shoes? Why do you need new shoes? God told him, get your shoes. Right? Do what you couldn't do. Stretch forth your hand. Rise and walk. 
But you can't do it. Yeah, but they did. First of all, they got to the meeting. God has not changed his mind about miracles. He is not making everybody wait for year after year till he gets ready. That's not what's going on. What's going on is waiting, waiting, waiting. Thinking we're waiting on him. It begins with earnestly seeking him. First of all, you believe he is good. He is real. He's your father. He loves you. And you believe he's, he already knows what to do about this situation. He's already got the answer. He's already bought and paid for my healing. He's already got my finances. Come on, are you listening? He's got everything I need. I don't have to figure this thing out. But I need to hear from him. If you need to, you fast. And you spend extra time praying and seeking him. Why don't people do that? Because they're not convinced he's real enough or they're not convinced they can find it. So they just don't even try. Or they do it for a little while, but then they quit and give up. Well, why would you quit? Because you think it's a waste of time. Oh, but hallelujah. Don't cast your confidence away. It has great recompense of reward. Hallelujah. And after you've done the will of God, you're going to receive the promise. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Go to James, please, in closing, I think. How do we get our miracles? How do we see amazing things happen in our life? We don't just wait and wait passively and indefinitely. We seek Him. We find out what to do, what the first step is. And repeatedly, we're not going to see how it fits in with everything. Why do it? Why go up to St. Louis to go to church? But the Lord knew He had a plan. He always has a plan. James 1, verse 20, verse 22, let's start. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, because what happens if you just hear it and don't do it? Deceiving your own selves. What does it mean when you're deceived? It means you believe something is true that's not true. You believe something is right that's not right. And who did it? He said you deceived yourself. Keep reading. If any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. He beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. He didn't didn't do anything with that knowledge. And didn't keep it in front of him. Keep going. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. That means you you don't just look and then go away and forget. You look and keep on looking. You keep on looking for it. Whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein. Everybody say continues. Continues. You, you, You stay on it. I... 
I'm trusting that the Spirit of God is communicating this to your spirit. But I mean, Sarasota the same way. We went down there. I mean, and we felt like we got direction. But it looked like, the, I mean, the building we had down there, they said it was already sold. It had already been put in the, the newspaper, the big newspaper, and the, the TV stations had announced it. So that would make you think, boy, we must have missed it on this one. But thing after thing, I won't go into all the details, but we got it. And so then the papers had something else to write about. <laughs> and this is what they said. They gave us the, the front page. Mega church swoops in, scoops up the property. We, we didn't mess up anybody's deal. We asked them. They, said, they were mad because they said, no, there's no deal. They hadn't paid for anything. There's no, nothing's done. There's been no money. And they're telling everybody. They were upset about it. They said, well, if for some reason it don't work. They said, it's not working. <laughs> well. <laughs> so they put it on the front page. Mega church. I thought, say it again. <laughs> Mega church. I didn't. I didn't know it was a mega church. <laughs> mega church. Yeah. Say it again. Uh-huh. <laughs> Swooped in, scooped up the property. It was not flattering. And yet, we had a bunch of people come to the church because they saw it in the paper. <laughs> and several of them are there to this day. They said, yeah, we saw in the front page that y'all were here. We thought, we didn't know they were here. Glory to God. (laughs) You can't buy the front page of the paper to advertise your meetings. They gave it to us for free. (laughs) But prior to that happening, there were what? Two years of seeking. What to do. How to turn this factory into a church. As you might imagine. Thousands of decisions. And then the money. Believing for all the money. The millions that it took to do it. But, and you never had a service yet. Everybody say steps. 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 You take a step. And then you take another. And you take another. And sometimes you can feel weary. You can get tired of looking and get tired of pursuing because it's not done. It's not half done. But he gives strength. He gives might. He gives power to the faint. He gives strength to them that have no might. Why? So you can run, baby, run. So you can keep on keeping on as long as it takes till you get all the way. And experience the miracle that God intended for you to. But that is not sitting at the house waiting on something to happen. That's not what that is. Don't be a hearer only. Be a doer. Whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man, not just everybody, not the other guys, but this man shall be blessed in his deed. 
That means you're going to see some miracles. You're going to see God move. You're going to see things happen that folks didn't said couldn't be done. Hallelujah. And it won't be you that did it. He did it. But you were involved. He used you. You had to pursue him. You had to obey him. You had to follow him. So he lets you have a part of it. This is God honoring us. That's why it don't all just fall on you like ripe cherries on a tree. Because who should receive a reward for something that was thrown in their lap? You didn't do anything. The reward God has planned for us, he is righteous to bestow on us. Because he gave us opportunity. And he said, come get it. Come, I got it all for you right here. Come get it. And millions on the planet will not even bother to try. So they're unworthy of it. They don't qualify. You remember the story of the man that had the one talent and he just buried it. What does it mean? Didn't even try. Didn't even try. And that's what that scripture in Hebrews 10 is talking about. God has no pleasure in that. That displeases him. But those that say, I know it's here. I know it, God. And I know it's good. And, and you're going to show me. I know, I know. You're already endeavoring to show me. And I, I won't quit you. Then you get enough to go do this. So you don't know how in the world that's going to fit with everything. But just in faith you step out into it. And then you find out why he said back out of the garage. And then you find out why he said take a right and go here. You find out. You keep taking steps and steps. And you wind up at the place under the spout where the glory pours out. You wind up at the right place at the right time and God uses you and he gets all the glory because you didn't figure this out. You didn't even know where you were going. And yet he's got a right to reward you and give you uh, an eternal place of glory in it. Why? Because you believed him enough to do it. And you wouldn't quit when others did. And he'll call you faithful. You've been faithful in a few things. I'm going to give you, hallelujah, I'm going to make you ruler over much. Enter thou into the joy of your Lord. Ha ha! Oh, brother, sister, at that day, no sweat, no extra praying will be thought too much. Is that right? You will not even cross your mind uh, that, oh, I had to work so hard. That won't even enter your mind. You'll be thinking, thank God he helped me to stay with him and not quit, not give up. Seek and you'll find it. Knock, it'll be open to you. Ask, you'll receive it. Step out and take a step, not knowing the rest. And he will take your hand. He will lead you. The Holy Spirit will carry you if you need carrying. If you'll just keep after it, you'll get there. But don't sit at the house. Waiting, 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 refusing to do anything. Not a hearer only, but a doer. Stand on your feet, everybody. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Master. Hallelujah. Let's lift up our hands. Let's close our eyes. Focus on Him. Lord, I worship you. I worship you.
Oh, this ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.